September 26, 2015. It's a Watt for Pedro show. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Black for Pedro show, uh, back from tour. Cuz, uh, first Cuz tour, England and Scotland, Wales, Belgium, and Netherlands, where I saw painter man Phil in Amsterdam, who's a friend of a uh, guest here today. I'm here in Pedro, I'm not with Brother Matt though. He's uh, hooking up his new situation with uh, teaching. So that came through after 23 years, you know, they all of a sudden he was a non-person uh, with the bureaucracy and uh, clerical error hell. And so he's getting on with that. But I'm here in my pad in Pedro. And uh, we start off with John Coltrane doing Doxy. And then from the Universal Indians with Joe McPhee, Skullduggery, an excerpt uh, given to me by our guest. Via the magic of Skype, John Dykeman. Hello, Mike. How you doing? Welcome. Yeah. Now, yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah. What can you tell me about the Universal Indians? Well, Universal Indians, that's a, a, a trio with uh, myself and the rhythm section of Jan Runestrom and uh, Tolof Ostvang, who are both from Norway. And uh, we got together, I guess, maybe three or four years ago in Amsterdam. The drummer Tolif was uh, in Amsterdam for, I don't know, six months studying. And I was supposed to have a duo gig with Ono Hofart at this place, All 100. And at the last minute, he canceled because he was sick. And I'd heard of this guy, Tolif, who was a Norwegian drummer. And I thought, well, he's Norwegian. He's probably okay. <laughs> so I called him up and said, hey, do you want to play? And uh, he said, yeah, and I've got this bass player friend in town, so maybe he can join too. So that's all. We played one gig, so, and then we, yeah, took it from there, started doing some tours. So, you know, you talk about all these nationalities and stuff. Nobody in the band is actually from India. No, no, absolutely not. No, well, Just you know, like what they India. call the... Native people over here by the wrong name also. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Look, yeah, yeah. John, can you tell me your earliest musical memory? My earliest musical memory? Wow, I have no idea. Maybe it was my mother like playing The Sound of Music or something at home. Julianne. Something like this. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. Von Trapp family. Exactly. But John stuff. Coltrane yeah, did an interesting take on that song. One of the songs. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. so so what you remember first about music is your mom playing records. Uh, yes. What about the first record you bought yourself? The first, well, let me see. The first CD, I guess, I bought, uh, I think would have been, rather, rather I really want to say it, Kenny G, <laughs> because... 
Because he played soprano, up, right? Exactly. But where I grew up, that was literally the only saxophone CD that you could buy. That's all they had. And where'd you grow up? Store. I grew up in Kemmer, Wyoming. Okay, my ma was born in a town called Dines and grew up there till yeah, the company closed it. It's was by uh, Rock Springs in the West. Okay, yeah, yeah, Kemmer's out there as well. Rock Springs, that's about an hour and a half away. Okay. Yeah, and I can I, I can yeah. tell you that there's not a lot going on. <laughs> I think Joe there Carducci is, not, no. is uh, in Centennial, Wyoming. Uh, yeah, so okay, then I got to backtrack. If your first uh, record was Kenny G, and you got it because it was the only sax, then were you already delving into playing an instrument? I mean, like my family didn't listen to music that much, so I didn't really get into music other than watching musicals on TV or something. Or maybe, like I grew up very religious, so maybe we had some Christian rock albums or something. But the first time I actually like pursued a CD for myself, I want to go out and buy music, was after I started playing saxophone when I was 11. Now, how, yeah, now how'd you get into the sax? That was just a school band. School band, know? okay. And, We're talking grade, like grade school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's pretty grade, good. So. Yeah, but that's a pretty good music program. I, we didn't have music. The only music we had, not my grade school here in Pedro, uh-huh. was like singing rounds okay. and shit like that. Somebody got to play <laughs> the auto harp. And in Virginia, too, it was like that. There was no really uh-huh. band instruments, so much respect for your school system, even though tiny town, they were letting you play instruments that early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So when did they have instruments for you where you were growing Junior up? Junior high here in Pedro at Dotson. In fact, I, t- I tried to, they put me on the clarinet for 10 weeks, and then uh, his name is Mr. Luna. He said, what? You try hard, but, you know. <laughs> it's just not Stop Indian. wasting your time and stop wasting my time and stop wasting yeah. our time, you know, in front of the whole class. So I never tried to take another music class. I, The next time I got into music was not too much later, but it was to be with D. Boone. But I, I have no yeah, disrespect yeah. against people, uh, school and stuff. I just had a yeah. kind of <laughs> not, a, not a very... Uh, what would you call right, it? Right, kind right, of right. Indu- inducive uh, experience. So uh, uh, they they put you on saxophone, or did you pick saxophone? Well, actually, I wanted to play drums, but yeah. there were too many people that wanted to play drums. Sure, sure. So, so then I had to play saxophone, but actually too many people wanted to play sax. So, in fact, I started on clarinet. That's what happened to me. I wanted to do sax, yeah. too, but so did everybody right. else, yeah. And and that was the thing that you had to take clarinet and then you had to, you had to audition to play saxophone, and just recently a friend of mine told me that the band teacher, actually just after I switched to saxophone, sort of told him, yeah, I don't know if John can really do it. Maybe this other guy's better. Maybe we should just left him on clarinet. Wow. So that's funny. I almost got the scrap as well. Is that but, true? Uh, and there's much different fingering, right? I mean, there's holes well, to cover yeah. up. Yeah, it's 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 a bit different for sure. Yeah, brother Steve yeah. McKay in the Stooges told me that uh, a clarinet man can go to sax, but it's hard for a sax man to go to clarinet. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's trickier the other way around. Yeah, that's I would what he say told for me. sure. So, okay, you start playing saxophone at 11 years old, uh, and and yeah, you got to wait until some Kenny G shows up at the store. So you you you're really only playing with the teachers laying out for you. Well, I mean, pretty early on, like my parents were really supportive, and uh, also we lived in the middle of nowhere, so we were used to, you know, to buy a pair of jeans. You'd have to drive an hour, you know, sure. for orthodontist or something. We'd drive two hours to Salt Lake City, and so pretty early on, like I, I was taking lessons from the high school band teacher when I was still in junior high or whatever. But then after a while, she said, "Yeah, you need a real saxophone teacher," and so I would go study with the guy in Salt Lake City. Damn, two so, hours. Yeah, I was really. That was two speed. hours yeah, each it, way. Two hours each way, and that that was at first. After a while, that guy sort of said, "All right, you know, maybe when I was around thirteen, fourteen. No, maybe around fourteen. My teacher there said, "Okay, maybe now you should try another teacher." And I ended up studying with a guy in Laramie. So luckily, Laramie's my on the other side of the state. Yeah, it was like five hour drive each way. So once a month, we'd drive over, and I'd have a five hour lesson. And then we'd come home, or there was a while my mother was taking, uh, she was getting her master's at the university there. Sure. So we'd sort of try and combine the trip with some of her studies and whatever. Let's listen to some cactus truck here. <laughs>
gonna get you alone I'm gonna follow you home I'm gonna get you alone I'm gonna get you alone I'm gonna get you alone I'm gonna call you home. I'm
Watch for Pedro show. Uh, started off with Cactus Truck doing Search and Restore there. All voices, guitar solo, Strawberry Letter 23, Petra Hayden, acapella. Clonk with Azoi, Ichi with Wakapi, Satan from Benny Torico, High by Wire, brand new Wire, uh, Super Horse by CU in Tijuana, He'll Have to Go, Tav Falco, I got a tour coming up with him in a couple weeks. Alone, by Shock and Awe. And finally, Cactus Truck with Aporia, an excerpt from Mr. John Dagman, a guest here. So, okay, after all this schooling, where are we up to, like 15 years old now? You're going to Laramie? Yeah, let me see. So at this point... uh, uh, High school. Yeah, I don't know. I I was going crazy in Wyoming. Uh, naturally, because there was just nothing to do. Uh, and uh, we somehow, I got a, a letter in the mail that I should apply for this arts academy in Michigan, which I'm not sure why I got it, but just a letter saying they needed saxophones. What and town? I should apply. Uh, in Michigan, that was in, uh, well, Interlochen's the town. It's yeah. near Traverse City. Sure. So, yeah, it's this big sort of like fancy arts boarding school. And, uh, you know, I initially I, I figured that, you know, I didn't think much of it because we couldn't afford it and I didn't think I'd be able to get in. But my parents realized I was going nuts. They're like, yeah, go ahead, audition, give it a try. And uh, I got in and somehow they worked it out. You know, we got some scholarship and whatever. So I ended up going there for two years um, studying at that place, which was incredible for me. Actually, that's where, uh, I don't know if you know this friend of mine, Ava Mendoza, if you run across her. Yeah, she's the guitarist. Yeah, guitarist. I got to, I got, I think got to jam with her, a friend of Devin Hoff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nels Klein. I've played uh, a lot of her music on my show here. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I got a lot of respect for her. But she went to that school with you? Yeah, we were there together. And in fact, I remember the first album of yours that I got was from her. It was what that, uh, uh, what does it say? Sex with You is like watching scientific wrestling. What's the title of that guy? Paul Hogan um, Tugboat. Yeah. He's 20 years old now. Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. Now his clients all over that. Unfortunately, Ava. Sure. But I, yeah, I played yeah. a lot of Ava. So what, what, what came of that? Two years well, of school there. Two years at school. I mean, that was great. That was just like really serious study. Yeah, not once a month. Yeah. But also, it was the first time that like I was in in an environment full of artists. Yeah. uh, What do you say? Immersed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so instead of like the school I grew up in where, you know, I had almost no friends and people thought I was a freak. I was surrounded by freaks. You know, it was all these visual artists and whatever. And so, yeah, that, that was amazing. I mean, I learned a lot, but also socially, that was the first time where I sort of felt comfortable or something, you know. But then, so I went there for two years, and then I went to Bennington very briefly to stay with Milford Graves. Um, but by then, we had no money, you know, because, again, you know, my family didn't have a lot of money. My dad worked for the post office. He was the postmaster in our little town, and my mother was a teacher, so... After paying for high school, I was just, you know, 
sort of flopped for quite a while. Uh, so then I dropped out and moved to New York. And in the end, I'm, I'm glad about that because, you know, at the time already when I was in Bennington, I was playing a lot of gigs with master's degrees from NEC or whatever. And they were playing the same sort of door gigs that I was playing, you know. So uh, in the end, I guess maybe that was the right move. I don't know. Well, whatever happened, happened. Uh, yeah, but, exactly. but what about New York City? New York was cool. I mean, I was there. I, w I was married at the time. It was So it was like a lot of pressure. I was working sort of 50, 60-hour weeks installing satellite dishes while playing gigs, you know. Um, just kind of the normal New York life of working your ass off hustling and trying to make music. And But it was great. I, I got a chance to play with a lot of great people. Like I was playing with Nate Woolley quite a bit at the time. Uh, Mike Pride, Tatsuya Nakatai, some of these guys I was just starting to meet and play with. So that was cool. But I was only there a year, and I moved to Philadelphia for a year. And then I ended up uh, in Cairo, Egypt for a while. So I was just sort of floating around for a bit. Yeah, well, how'd you get there to Holland? Well, okay, so that, that was all from, like, I had an ex-girlfriend who worked for a hotel company. <laughs> so she kind of had the opportunity to move wherever she wanted in the world to some extent. So every couple of years we'd say, oh, you know, do you want to move to Egypt? Why not? Maybe Budapest. Amsterdam came up eventually. And then we moved here. And then I just stayed. So now I've been here seven years, I guess. And uh, we, we heard some uh, Cactus Truck. That band's from that town, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tell me so, something about Cactus, Cactus Truck. Yeah. That's uh, myself and uh, Jasper Stadhouders on guitar and bass and Ono Hovart on drums. Mm -hmm. So they're from Tilburg, the south of the Netherlands, but we sure. all live in Amsterdam. There's a very important Tilburg gig I did once. It was with Jane uh -huh. Askus and both the uh, Ashton brothers. Okay. Because it yeah. heard about that gig, and that's when he asked the Ashton Brothers to play on his Skull Ring record, and that was instrumental uh -huh. in uh, the, uh, reuniting the Stooges. Right. Him right, and right, uh, right. Ig and Ronnie hadn't talked in many, many years, and yeah. because of that Tilburg gig, it was called Ashton, right. Ashton, Mascus, and Watt. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> okay. Just doing Stooges songs, you know, with uh, half the Stooges. Uh, for me and Jay, it was a mind blow, but it ended up. Right. Led up to 125 months serving with him. Uh -huh. Yeah. So yeah. So so those, both happened? those guys I are mean, too. Excuse me. So no, but is that how that happened? You've been working with the Ashton brothers for a while, or no, no, not that long. Jay Maskus yeah. uh, wanted to play. Well, first he took Ronnie on tour when I was doing bass for his Jay Maskus in the Fog, and then uh, it was Thurston's idea to get Scotty back on the drums. And, right. Uh, yeah, maybe about a year. And uh -huh. they heard about it and wanted to get back together with those guys. But anyway, yeah. I only mentioned that because you said uh, half your band, or two-thirds of your yeah. band is from Tilburg, and it just rang a bell in my right. head. Okay. Well, it's only yeah. Tilburg gig, but it was a very important uh, gig. <laughs> well, they're all important, um, you know that. Wow. Uh, okay, so you guys, you got together how? Well, I mean, you know, the scene here is small. We met each other, you know. We I've been playing with the Osprey a little bit, and then 
Uh, you yeah, guys all met in Amsterdam. Friends. What was that? You all met in Amsterdam. Yeah, all in Amsterdam, you know. And uh, Jasper just had the idea that the three of us should get together and just play as loud and as fast as we possibly could and see how that worked out. <laughs> so it was just kind of a, a funny idea, like almost just a practice idea or something. But then we realized we really liked playing that way. You know? Okay. So, and uh, yeah. it started out an improvised thing. Well, it's all improvised. It's still, still totally improvised. Okay. I mean, the, the parameters are pretty set in that, like, we have a certain idea about density and energy, and we have a pretty clear goal as to what we're doing. But, yeah, the actual content is always totally improvised. Uh, but that that's, well, the first goal was just to play as fast and loud as you could. But it was probably... Well, uh, yeah, and just... I mean, you know, but of of course, like that's the way that we're we're gonna try and make good music, whatever we think that is within that parameter. But that yeah. was the idea because I think a lot of us, like for me personally, I was sort of afraid to do that, and I think actually it's something very natural to me and the music I need to make. Actually, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I think I spent a lot of time trying to do very subtle, abstract stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm just not that guy. You know, I, I need to express my, I'm sort of a loud person. I, I want these sort of like epic, euphoric, you know, expressionistic moments in music. And so it was great just to break it down and not to worry about it and just make it simple. Like, let's just play. Let's freak out. And, and then that's something we tried to hone later and we worked on, you know, and again, the idea of trying to create music that's good within that sure. whatever that means but just to really let go initially that was really helpful okay it's been the first hour of the September 26, 2015 edition of Show, my guest John Dykeman hold tight for hour two September 26, 2015 it's the second hour of Watt from Pedro Show Thank you. 
dead who love her eternally. She will be white without boundaries, united by snow.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Dykeman Parker Drake doing Invocation, an excerpt provided by my guest, John Dykeman. What can you tell me about this Drake, Parker, and Dykeman trio? Yeah, that that's something that came together a year ago. So that's William Parker and Hamid The bass Drake. man. Yeah, incredible. I got yeah. to see... Uh, Thurston took me to see a one-man show of his called Testament or something like that. It was incredible. Okay, of, of who, Hamid or? William Parker doing something yeah. called Testament. In fact, I got a cassette okay. tape of it. He was yeah. selling cassette yeah, yeah. tapes. and it, it was a one-man tour de force, man. It was like 40 minutes sweat. The, the old shit in factory that was on Houston. Okay. Yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, Leonard, yeah, yeah. Not Leonard. Yeah. Now I guess there's one in Brooklyn. Anyway... How, how did you get together with Mr. Parker? I mean, he's a, he's a hero to me, man. Yeah, me too, for sure. Um, no, I, there's uh, I, I'm involved in this musicians collective in Amsterdam called Duke, and we do a yearly festival. And so last year, I kind of had the opportunity to present something at the festival. Uh, so it's something where in the past I'd done bands I already had or whatever, but it was one of those things where I realized I was given this opportunity and this wasn't the kind of thing that was going to happen forever, that I had a festival where I could just ask people if they wanted to come play. And so I decided, you know, fuck it, I'm just going to invite William Parker and Hamid Drake. Because those are the guys, I mean, you know, shortly after Kenny G, um, you know, I was listening to these guys since I was a teenager. You know, the stuff they did with Peter Bratzman, sure. like both of them individually. I mean, they're, they're truly like heroes of mine. So, so yeah, I just contacted them and asked them if they'd be interested in playing. And for some reason, they said yes. So wow. we uh, booked a little tour around that. We played the festival, a couple other gigs. That track is from Cafe Auto. So that was the last gig of that tour. And then this year, actually, we just finished uh, two or three weeks ago another tour. Ah, so it's ongoing. So, Great. Yeah, amazingly. Yeah, that was one of those things, too, where, you know, I, I invited them. I didn't really expect them to say yes. And then it was it was sort of a double thing. It's like, okay, I get to play with William Parker and Hamid Drake. Great. On the other hand, fuck, now I have to play with William Parker and Hamid Drake. You know, it was really terrifying, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's been good amazing. Uh, we had Matt Ritvo Group with Queensberry Street after that. Uh, Barbez with uh, Mismore Lasaf stepped down from Seafield. That's got Eat, I think. The guy who played drums in the Cuz tour just did. Uh, Shades of Now and Then by the Telepaths. The, the bass band came up, talked to me last year. Tim, yeah. Super Fast Girly Show with Freaks, brand new record. That's uh, Brother Phil there in Liverpool with the Pasha. Uh, they got a hurt head from drinking too much Jim Bean, so I, I feel a little responsible for that. There's nothing wrong with my head, though. It's got rocks in it. <laughs> I think I'm losing my mind by the soaks. And finally, uh, the pre-existing conditions doing a cover of D. Boone's Corona. Um, John Dagman here uh, talking about his journey through music. 
Uh, here he is in Europe, and he's playing with these uh, incredible improvisers. Uh, if somebody asked you about improvisation, like a young man, young woman, that was just getting into it, and uh, they asked you, what do you think the first principle is? What would you tell them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, I, I guess it's it's all about expression. You know, it's it's all about like find the music you want to make, you know, and to trust yourself to do it. So the first step probably in improvising, I mean, aside from just being able to use the instrument enough to produce something, but the first thing is to trust yourself enough to let go, you know, to be able to let yourself really express and explore. And I think that's probably the first leap to make as an improviser. Thank you. 
non li vedi? Come non li senti che arrivano? Come di cosa parlo? Come loro chi? Non gli alieni, gli alberi Come si fa per averli? Come quando ti siedi su un sasso ed aspetti la muta di pelle là Metamorfosi Come non funziona la mutazione? Come non si progredisce? Come non ci si proietta? Come non si eietta idea? Che non si è retta da uno slancio che di fretta atterra sullo skyline dell'occhio ed inchiodato al poco tempo dell'attimo esplode in sotto idee tra mute terreni astratti in terre vere interseca sistemi spostandosi dai lati ai centri nevralgici e l'onda genera pieghe su pieghe dentro pieghe attorniate da pieghe una festa di impulsi una scossa che si infrange sui flussi cambiando le corsi portate letti da fulmini aggrappati ai fulmini non ripararti nei temporali alla ricerca dei vattaggi sotto gli alberi si aspetta un sacco
Watching a movie on an aeroplane Bordering heights over the Atlantic Comatose under a broken air conditioner That won't turn off Shooters, bullets gone astray on the curvature of the earth. Drive-by shooters, bullets gone astray on the curvature of the earth. Ooh. It happened only once in my life, but I dreamed about it later a hundred times. Ooh. It happened only once. In
ちょっと出張でさ明日まで帰れない From Pedro Show, uh, just heard Mr. Susan, Birds with Hats, Stony Spring before that, brand new, A Nation's Cry, Stony Spring, what a name. <laughs>
I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but Jesus. <laughs> Let's call it Stony Spring. Okay. <laughs> I've played them a few times. I like this stuff. Uh, GG Band, a demo. They make a new album. They got Choi on bass now. Uh, we Fly Counter Jet Set. The extract ahead of that out of Canada with Glenn Gooley. If that's a Canadian expression. I've heard Glenn Gooley. It's some dude's name. A new woman before that. You're effective. Uh, they open for us in uh, in Leeds. Uh, pretty. They got it's a two piece. And one guy it says that he does. Uh, what's it say? Hip thrusts. Uh-huh. That's you know how some guys list guitar, uh, drums and shit. He he, he plays hip thrusts. Hip thrusts. Okay. And flamboyance, and and, yeah. and not not a cowboy. Okay, uh-huh. so that's what he's listed. Yeah, they're a great band. And um, Uchitoki had of that with uh, Fumina de Arteria, Atarita, sorry. And from Ascent to Refusal, an excerpt provided by John Dykeman, Dykeman Noble, and Series or Series. Much respect to you, uh, not knowing your name. Mr. S, <laughs> Senor S, Don S. So t- t- uh, tell me something about this uh, trio. Well, let me see. Me and Dirk have been working together quite a bit over the last year, I guess. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, he had sort of an ambient career uh, with Vidna Obmana. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Fear Falls Burning was another project of his. He had all these different projects and different aliases. And then at some point, uh, he decided to get into improvisation. I think some other people in Belgium were sort of pushing him towards that, including this guy Guy Peters, who's a a, a real uh, avid sort of fan, journalist, whatever, uh, helpful guy in the scene there. And somehow he suggested that he play with me and so we did one gig together, and then he immediately booked a studio for us to do a duo, and suddenly we've done a lot of stuff since then. Um, this time we had a, a recording date in London, and so we recorded with some other guys, Colin Webster, Andrew Lyle, and, but Dirk, being the extremely like, active guy that he is, decided, well, you know, we can record one album in the morning, and then we've still got the place all night, so, you know, in the evening, let's call up Steve Noble and record another album. So that was the first time we ever played trio. I'd played with Steve just maybe once before, um, but that was the first time we played trio, and he just came in. We played 23 minutes, took a break. We played another 22 minutes, took a break, and or maybe that was it. So we just came in, played side A, side B, and that was it. Um, wow, it doesn't so, seem like uh, many people were on flamboyance. No, we lost the flamboyance. Well, I don't know. We were, we were thrusting our hips in there. Yeah, we were moving that's probably where most of the energy that. was going. That, but that's, yeah. that, you know, that's Econo, you know, no, no wasted downtime. <laughs> I mean, I was amazed, too, because, like, for Dirk to, you know, he hired the studio sure. with just enough time for us to do that. And I'm a pretty insecure paranoid guy like i i would be afraid to go in and be like all right we've got one hour let's put out an lp but actually it worked i mean i'm I'm pretty happy with the result so yeah it was interesting yeah there's something about he who dares right 
Yeah, every once in a while it works. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't, but I thought that went all right. Paying the price for rolling the dice, I think it's worth it. Yeah. We're at the end of the second yeah. hour, September 26, 2015 edition of the Watt for Pedro show. Uh, guest John Dykeman. Good people, hold tight for hour three. September 26, 2015. It's hour three of the Watt from Pedro show.
This is a folk song, a what the fuck song. This ain't a love song, so what the fuck? This is a folk song, a what the fuck song. This ain't a love song, so what the fuck? Choose between the Fiora and that bastard chairman Mao. Oi, gather up your guns, it's time to slay the sacred cow. Oh, this is a folk song, a what the fuck song. This ain't a love song, so what the fuck? This is a folk song. Oh, what the fuck song? This ain't a love song. So what the fuck? Going down in infamy is a thrill for some, no doubt. Oi! Who's the biggest tyrant that you ever heard about? Oh, Cromwell in Ireland, Hitler in Europe, John Brown in Kansas, and then St. Paul. Cromwell in Ireland, Hitler in Europe, John Brown in Kansas, and then St. Paul. Oh, that strange September, near 400 years ago. I, Cromwell, came to Ireland, sending thunder, hail and snow. Well, this is a folk song. What the fuck song? This ain't a love song. So what the fuck? This is a folk song. Oh, what the fuck song? This ain't a love song. Oh, what the fuck? In the Irish history books, so bishops all report. I of how the English Puritans killed Irish men for sport. This is a folk song, a what the fuck song. This ain't a love song, so what the fuck? This is a folk song, a what the fuck song. This ain't a love song, so what the fuck?
hate it when they fade songs out. Why for Pedro show? I was thinking about Wyoming. You know the license plates. There's so few cars in that state that they use one space of the number just for a guy on a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. have to use all the numbers <laughs> across the thing. Okay, we start off the third hour with uh, more of the trio you got with uh, Mr. Parker, Mr. Drake, called Why Funk, an excerpt you provided me with. Yeah. Uh, that was That was something live, right? Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was live at uh, Larissa Stenson. It sounds Benny like Lincoln. all these excerpts that you've given me are live. Is that true? Uh, nah, let me see. The Cactus Struck stuff is studio. Oh, yeah, those so, are whole uh, tunes. Yeah, well, yeah, almost. I mean, all, with Cactus Struck, I mean, in general, normally my pieces or, you know, improvisations I'm involved in can be from 10 minutes to 20 minutes or yeah. they're 20 seconds. I don't have much in between, you know. Right. I think so, uh, one for Roy. One, I think one for Roy is like four or five minutes. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple like that. Yeah. And Fourth Wind. No, that's a real short one. Fuck you, Nash. No, that's that's a bit longer. That's like five minutes. Yeah, okay. but not super long. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we had uh, Pharaoh Sanders in the underground. He's playing with some Brazil cats. You know, one of the guys came to my. Uh, Sao Paulo oh. man came to my gig wow, in London yeah. and was telling me, uh, and he gave me this record. It's uh, called uh, Asasu Suma Men, Pharaoh in the Underground. So, huh. yeah, what a, you know, John Coltrane picked Pharaoh to be in his band. <laughs> right. I've seen him many times with Pettibone here in uh, Hollywood. Uh, uh -huh. And, you know, it was during years where you didn't really have maybe the best bands. I remember one time there was a little side room and he's wearing like two or three pairs of glasses and he just goes into the side room and starts playing with the hat shut and the kids on stage, they don't know what to do. You know, they're freaking out. Right. It was a trip. Right, right. But it sounds like with these uh, Brazilian cats, Pharaoh's in a big swing. Then Julian Cope oh. with uh, Cromwell Ireland live. Uh, cliche hardcore R, Petrol Terriers. Yeah, Petro Terriers played with them in uh, Newcastle. You know what you call people from Newcastle, right? <laughs> no idea. Geordies. Geordies. Yeah. That's now, Newcastle. Now you know. <laughs> okay. okay. And from uh, Serbia, Vile. <laughs> These guys are really smart. They put two V's together in, in uh -huh. front of H I L E. So it looks like Wile. <laughs> Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. And a, 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 a tune called Vanity, and finally uh, Levil, out of uh, South Part of London with uh, Third Person Shitter. Uh, the t title intrigues me. The Third Person Shitter. <laughs> okay. So what do you got uh, coming up in the future there? Uh, what do I have coming up? Um, let me see. I don't, well, actually, with Derek and uh, Steve, we have a little tour in December. Um, so that's going to be in Europe. We're working on a tour with Cactus Truck, maybe in Brazil and Argentina at the end of December. Uh, oh, end of November, I'm going to be touring with Michael Zerang. Do you know this guy? Great uh, drummer, percussionist from Chicago. He's got a band called the Blue Lights. Oh, wow. We'll do a tour with that. Yeah. But, so, but over there in Europe. Yeah, yeah. All you got plans to, uh, to come U.S. side? 
Yeah, I think so. In April, we're with the Duke this festival. We're going to have an exchange with Chicago. Okay. So a group of us will go over there for like five days in April, and uh, and then we may also be touring the states in June with Universal Indians with Joe McPhee. Yeah, yeah. What we played yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, a few. That, right now, it's a lot of you know just computer work. <laughs> you know the other side of the music thing is just sitting around trying to get gigs that's kind of where i'm at at the moment oh okay but stuff's coming up let's play some cactus truck right now
you'd say I'm an angry man I was a lonesome man That I'm just a hungry man Look at me, the bewildered one I am a Soviet I am the powerless Here I am, proletarian I'm not a tortured man I am the everyman Meet my decision and my deed is done I am the bastard son I'll kill everyone Never better over there Never better over here Never better anywhere Made my decision and I'm through It's all over now for me Guess it's all over for you heroic man, but he was a privileged man, he was an aristocrat, unfinished life, well it's over now, I am the chosen one, we bled for everyone, never better over there, never better over here, never better anywhere, need my decision and I'm through, it's all over now for me, cause it's all over for you.
casualty Go wallow in your generation's tragedies Hey, crash landed hippie Go and smoke your homegrown self-pity Hey, acid fun casualty Go wallow in your generation's tragedies Hey
Rock from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. We had uh, Cactus Truck doing Fourth Wind. Uh, Patsy from Decker. I think I'm going to play with Decker. We'll have Falco and uh, Flagstaff. End of October. Untitled um, excerpt from Good for Cows at the 2007 Unlimited Festival in Vels, Austria. That's got Devin Hoff. I'm going to record with him tomorrow night. Joe Berardi. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we've been in this concept, the oh. Emma, Gold, uh, Emma Goldman Bust Out Brigade. We've had for years, and finally oh. we got time where we both can play. Jim Borati's incredible uh, stick man. And right. so uh, yeah. he's going to play one of the Manpeg Baby Bass and a stand up, and I'm going to do this P Bass. I got this uh, yellow P Bass, you know, the only thing original is the, 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 the plate with the scre- and the screws for the neck <laughs> and, and the, the buttons okay. for the strap. But I still call it my. It was made in Mexico, you know. So, it's, but right. none of it. You know how them fenders are. They're <laughs> like that. They're peaceful. My buddy Dirk Vandenberg uh, got it all together for me. So I'm going to use that. Uh-huh. Hey. Uh, Casa Hanzo tomorrow. That's so re- right. Just about uh, these days, it is easier to record. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you say the pewters to get the bookings, but also pewters made things more right. for studios. Yeah. So anytime I want sure, now, sure. I got Casa Hanzo here in Pedro. Uh, Pete Mazich okay. from uh, my second man has uh, got that running. Very happy. Then we had uh, Bubblecom, my Surgical Beat Bros, Future Boogie, Shaking Godspeed, Then Is Now by Kevin Hewick. I met him in Leicester. Uh, Rebel Girl, which is a bikini kill, a song that me and uh, Nels Klein and Bob Lee did, but now Terry Genderbender just did it with the Melvins. And finally, Bikini Kill with Playground. I remember Dose got to play with Bikini Kill. And what did they call that? Uh, it was called Riot Girl. And that's huh. how I got to meet the Kill Rockstars people. In fact, me, Nels, and uh, Bob Lee have a record on uh, Kill Rockstar called This Is a Prayer that Nels Klein wrote just for that. And then on the other side was uh, me, uh, like kind of a command performance. Nels, can you... Give me a cover of the Captain Beefheart, you know, uh, carrots as good as a diamond to a whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, the lick my decals off thing. And then, I, I think it's on uh, I Scream for Crook. No. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought, that no, maybe it's on Doc at the Radar Station. Uh-huh. But there's other versions of it. Yeah, I think there's old versions of it that go back because I would get bootlegs and stuff and you see how the captain revisited a lot of his material right, or right. Uh, transformed it uh, uh-huh. anyway of course Nels did it <laughs> it was really yeah, hard yeah. yeah I think it was because it wasn't the Zoot Horn yes. Rolo it was uh, Jeff Morris Tepper and he had to do it by the captain's voice I remember Spotsky uh-huh. uh, trying out for Magic Band. He said, yeah, the, 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 the what do you call it, the interview, the tryout, the audition. He would right. just uh, bite his voice, and you'd have to play it back. They'd wait a few uh-huh. minutes, and uh-huh. you'd ask you to play it back again. So, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it was quite demanding on the memory to be in the Magic Band. <laughs> uh-huh. sure. That's why Drumbo's so amazing, uh, really putting that together. But much respect to him. Look, I ask everybody uh, this on the show. About this music thing, this music racket, uh, what, what advice would you give to somebody 
I know we just I, spoke I, on uh, improvisation already, but what about just the idea of music? Yeah, I don't know. I've got nothing. I just, I just say like, find what you can from anything you can. Like, if you're a musician, just try and be honest with yourself and get what you can from it. I don't know. I think that's all we could do. Period. Right. I can't answer my own question. I guess I could. <laughs> I guess I could say no, I, I agree with like, you. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I no, know. really, what you say is good stuff because. Uh, yeah, sometimes it seems uh, there's other motives people try uh, to shove down the throat of that direction, and uh, I think it don't work out that way for them. Right. Well, also the other motives. I mean, yeah, I don't know that. Whatever, even if you're looking for money or something like that, even if you get it, then then you're gonna just need more, right? And whatever you whatever you're looking for, once you get it, you're gonna need more. It's just about trying to find contentment at the moment if you can. I don't know. I, I think just like be able to satisfy yourself with what you're doing. I think that's as, as good as it gets, really. And hopefully if you reach other people, that's amazing, too. Or, or just the catch you're playing with, right? The collaborations. Yeah, exactly. Try to make the conversation yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's uh, real it, basic. It's just human interaction. It's just like trying to communicate with other people. That's it, you know. That's great stuff from a man from a little town in Wyoming, now in Amsterdam. John Dykeman, much respect. Uh, yes, thank you, Mike. September 26, 2015 edition of the Wife of Pedro Show. People, keep your powder dry.